It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Each week, we take you inside all the big sports stories at USF from the perspective of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And we are going to go ahead and tell you that we are going to go full speed ahead every single Tuesday right here with Michael Kelly because it's that time. It's that time for everything, Michael. First of all, thanks for making time. And uh, secondly, uh, ready for the new year? Definitely ready. It's a great time of year when we can get everybody back. We've had, uh, even last week, having all of our student athletes together at one welcome back event to greet them all back, get them, see them together. So many teams are already in progress in, in their season, so it's exciting time. Oh, my gosh. Everyone knows if, about football starting. We'll get to that, obviously. Uh, we got soccer and volleyball all underway, especially with volleyball, a great event. And trust me, we're going to touch on a lot of fun stuff. Uh, but then we don't want to ignore what's going on this week with the weather. And I know that as we're taping this, you just got out of a, a meeting dealing with, you know, how it affects uh, the campus and athletics as well. And I know it's a big undertaking, but in general, uh, as we tape this on a Monday afternoon, what can you tell folks? Yeah, a lot of different meetings that have taken place. Good organization from the president's cabinet standpoint and the emergency management of the university as a whole. And that kind of goes hand in hand with what we call our hurricane action team here in athletics that uh, both Chris Pierce and Jim Fee from our team kind of put pull that together. It includes everybody from our external side, our health management side, all of our sport administrators to make sure everything happens. So from the university side, as we bear down for a storm that we expect to hit our area Tuesday night and into Wednesday morning, uh, we've got a situation where classes overall for the students are, are canceled for Tuesday and Wednesday. And then as it related to finding the, the safest uh, mix for, for our student-athletes, uh, we've got a chance to get our practices in Tuesday morning. We'll be leaving campus no later than noon, mm-hmm. allow, that, allow our students to, to make sure they go get uh, sheltered in place here at their dorm or at their apartment. And then, uh, you know, then, then we'll, we'll wait for the storm to pass through Wednesday and, and determine the right time to come back after that. So we don't think our, if uh, God willing, the, the, the track stays on its current path, we shouldn't miss any football practices, but we've just altered our schedule a little bit on Wednesday uh, to, uh, to see when it's safe and clear to be able to come back to campus. Obviously, the uh, student-athlete safety comes first. Oh, no, absolutely. And then even to the point of coordinating with our uh, food team here at Airmark in, in our Champions Choice Dining Hall, we'll be able to get that solidified to get them fed, doing everything we can to make sure that uh, our student-athletes are safe, ready, yet still also having the right balance for getting ready for some, some contests this week. And there will be plenty more contests as we'll get to that. But uh, let's go over, before we get to football, uh, what happened this past weekend. I knew about it. I knew it was going to be a big deal and have a big vibe. But it crushed even my lofty expectations. I'm talking about the Road to Tampa Bay volleyball event. The Final Four is going to be back at Amelie Arena. The season started with, of course, South Florida going up against Georgia Tech, the coaching matchup and all that, Florida and Penn State. It was a grand event. Even that alone just felt like an NCAA tournament or a Final Four kind of environment. And then in my book, whatever happened Saturday night at the Yingling Center was going to be gravy, and it surpassed it. How special were those two days? Yeah, it was a big-time event all the way around. And we, ironically, we talked about this event months and months ago when we were even talking about hosting the uh, uh, national championship in conjunction with the Tampa Bay Sports Commission and knew this was kind of one of the byproducts to be able to host and participate in the Road to Tampa Bay Invitational to have nationally ranked teams like Florida, like Penn State, like uh, Georgia Tech, obviously, to come in here. And then the double storyline with uh, with uh, Michelle Lee, uh coaching Georgia Tech and coming into 
uh, to play us. So it was just amazing. So great setup at Amelie gave the sports commission and the NCAA a great dry run to see how that'll set up. Mm-hmm. So it was not only the volleyball and the chance to play top 20 teams that we probably couldn't have attracted to come play us otherwise, but then for our whole staff that's going to be working that event to get a good dry run and be able to see how it works down at Amelie was one, was one thing. But then you're right, then you come back and have an even bigger crowd, what, nearly 7,000 people, to have our team push the Gators to the limit, to have a uh, just amazing atmosphere. It, uh, personally, for for me, it was the big it was the biggest volleyball event I've I've ever attended, and it was just a awesome atmosphere. And our and our Bulls just uh, really played the, to their fullest potential, I think, and it gives them a lot to build on as they get ready to get ready for a couple more tournaments before conference play starts. So it was exciting. I loved it. I loved it. Well, I've been to a, a lot of big time environments, fortunately, with my job, and I don't take that for granted. And I walked in and I looked up the upper deck. I'm like. This has got to be seven or 8,000, and it sounded like it. And the beauty of it is, frankly, I thought maybe there were going to be more Gator fans. No, it was a fan, a lot of Gator fans because they support sure. that program. But, folks, this is a team that the Bulls have not taken to five sets since 1991, and that place got electric as things were turning out the way they were. Oh, it really did. It was it was it was a very mixed crowd in that regard, and we had a record student crowd turnout too. So it was so mm-hmm. nice to see them to be able to come out and have hundreds of USF students to be able to take that in. So just a great great atmosphere. Again, appreciative of of uh, the Tampa Bay Sports Commission to, allowing us to have that opportunity, and and uh, you know our team played really really well. And speaking of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission, I'm, I'm buds with Rob Higgins, and uh, I'm gonna not put you on the spot because I didn't know the answer to this, but I'll ask you. Oh boy. Do you know on the logo Road to Tampa Bay why it's the number two and not the word two, T-O? That's okay. <laughs> I didn't either. I, I thought know. this has got to be really obvious and I'm just Now, I it. will say this. When I was at the ACC office okay. and we were playing the ACC football championship here in Tampa and I was working with Rob and the Sports Commission there, we, we kind of created this destination sticker like you see on the back of people, you know, beaches that say like, you know, OCMD for Ocean City, Maryland or whatever. But it did say RTTB, ah. Road to Tampa Bay. And in fact, I remember when uh, I was introduced, when I was welcoming Clemson to the national championship game here that that, that year, he brought back out that road to Tampa Bay from back in 2010 to, of course for, for the did. national championship <laughs> as well. But but I don't know Rob, Rob changed it from T to the number two. So yeah, the, the, it specifically means twice because when they had this back in 2009. It was called Tampa twice because the teams could come to Tampa twice. See, so. that's just next level stuff that Rob Higgins <laughs> brings to this stuff. And at least he gave me an out. He said, <laughs> you really weren't supposed to. It wasn't that obvious, but it was cool. And, of course, Penn State went 0-2, but there's still going to be a team that's going to challenge. It's going to be great. Sure. Okay. Beyond the great volleyball and the vibe in the facility, the other thing we're appreciative of is, is they treated those teams mm. like it was a Final Four. And, and for our ladies to be able to – go through that experience, stay in a hotel downtown, have the kind of events that they had for all four teams down there was really, really big time. And I, I think they liked it, and they realized that, uh, hey, it gave them a, a kind of a vision of what the fu- their future should be as we continue to move up in the American and, and challenge for national, uh, you know, at least NCAA tournament bursts going forward. Right, and I thought it was also cool that we actually had the, the TerraFlex court from the corral make its way to Amelie and to the Yingling Center. Whoever was in charge of that Ooh, did a great job. That was a behind-the-scenes <laughs> thing of a lot of people doing a lot of work. It takes a couple hours to set that thing up, and yeah. it was a it was a lot of transportation on that, but good and it job looks, well done. And yeah. it looks great. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Putting South Florida out there. Now, volleyball's going on, by the way. They'll be back at the Yingling Center. Did somebody sneak behind the scenes while we're saying that and just add a bunch more matches at the Yingling Center after the other day because it's half their home matches, which is great. I mean, right. bouncing back and forth, but the, 
this weekend, they're going to be right back there. It's part of our plan as we continue to elevate our volleyball program here to continue to put more and more matches into the Yingling Center. And since the just so worked out early in the season like this, when we already have the court set down and nothing else came in between it, that it, it made great sense to go, go ahead and, and, and do that. So we've got a... Uh, some games later in the year as well, but uh, you know, before basketball season gets up and running, it makes sense for us to try to get some of those games done. Of course, and I had actually forgotten what what it used to look like in the corral. We went by there; it was kind of a basketball hardwood, but it's a uh, it's a much elevated court now when it comes to that. So volleyball is going. Soccer started off the season going to LSU. We're talking about the women's team, mm -hmm. uh, along with what they've got going on. It's a, a special year for different reasons for women's soccer. It's the last season for Denise Shelty Brown. Yeah, we hadn't had a chance on the podcast to talk about uh, Denise's opportunity and, and uh, obviously bittersweet, uh, you know, because we know how happy we are for her to have an opportunity to coach the first, you know, pro team here in Tampa. And uh, to be quite honest and transparent, when we were negotiating our last contract with Denise, she kind of, we, we designed it that, hey, you're not going to another college, right? Nope, this is where I want to be. So the only thing I would ever think about leaving for would be for a pro job here <laughs> here in Tampa Bay and when that kind of came to fruition that was part of her dreams part of her you know personal desires and, and and when that matches you certainly you compromise and make that work and when you got great people she's going to go work with uh, here in Tampa like uh, uh, Daryl Shaw and, and, and David Laxer it's just uh, good friends of the community good friends of, of USF and it was just kind of a perfect perfect match but Having said that, we'll, we'll miss her, but we, we know we want to uh, send her out a winner, and I know that her team wants to, and let's, let's uh, you know, it was great to go start the season by winning at LSU, shows the potential of this team, and mm -hmm. now as we continue to refine our skills and get ready for uh, a conference play, which will be very competitive, obviously, there's some good teams in our, in our league, and Memphis, who's usually our main nemesis, uh, I saw beat Ohio State 6-1 to one the other day, so they're ready to go, so it should be a... Uh, Tough, tough road, uh, but we, we expect to lift the cup one last time for Denise. Memphis challenged Bama the other day. SMU beat Tennessee. So, yeah, those are probably two top competitors in the league um, among many. I uh, We won't spill the beans yet. We will next week about a, a new show that might include an interview that I did with Denise Shelty Brown, and she's very passionate about the whole reason about trying to create a, a pro league for women in Tampa Bay, which right now there is none. So, believe me, that was very near and dear to her heart, uh, as is football. And, uh, of course, the team opens on the road this week at Western Kentucky. We're all excited about seeing the guys out there for the first time. And everyone's focused on that now. But let's go ahead and put out some new, new information about what's going to take place at the home games. And uh, starting off, as I'm usually, you know, getting ready to go on the air about two hours before the game, uh, with the Stampede because mm -hmm. I don't get to see this. I think I'm going to try and hook myself up this year to witness it, but it's going to start back in its old starting spot, which is a big thing. Yeah, obviously we've heard from a lot of fans that it's important. we got that nice strip runway, if you will, that goes uh, you know right from where we can drop off on the bus all the way into the, the main plaza there on the south side of the stadium. So we're, we're bringing that back. Uh, it's so convenient for our fans to come out to kind of the – curbside and be able to uh, cheer on the, the bulls as they walk by my only plea to the fans is let's let's get there let's make some noise let's be there for yes. the whole 100 yards that we got going into that and but bottom line is our fans liked it our guys are ready for it and and we're excited to we're excited to bring it bring it back to that that original location to me this also just all leads into how do we continue to make that bigger and better because when we move it into the new stadium we're going to have a brand new kind of walk of champions kind of situation okay and that's going to be a long time tradition so let's Let's keep building it. Let's keep making it bigger and get more fans out there each and every Saturday that we play. Another thing to go ahead and plan ahead for, and I think this is cool, and you can get it all on GoUSFBulls.com. Incidentally, the story dropped on Monday afternoon, and that is with this offense. 
take some notes. <laughs> if you're a fan at the games at home, when the team has the ball, uh, it's going to look and sound a little different. It will. As you, I hope you all know, Coach Golish's offense is one that's very fast-paced, tries to get off many, many plays as fast as we possibly can. And it was funny when he and I went out to talk to the band. He was like, oh, sure, I can't wait to thank him. I can't wait to thank him. And then his first thing was to be able to talk to Trevor Butts, the uh, band director. He's like, no, we got to talk about how quiet we stay on offense, right? And he's like, sure. And then he, <laughs> you talk to the, the band about it a little bit, and they've been practicing as they're practicing in the indoor to kind of understand when to when to be quieter during the offense and being a little bit louder on the on the defense. But it, it sounds funny, but this is literally things we have to talk about. Yeah. We, we actually, our external staff has met with Tennessee staff to kind of learn what they adjusted to the last two seasons when Tennessee's offense, which obviously Coach Golish was the coordinator of, kind of got used to it. So just to our fans, just realize that when you hear that first game and it might sound quieter than what you're used to, it's it's by design. There's no there's no technical glitch at Raymond James Stadium. We're just trying to be a little bit quieter to watch uh, watch our offense at work, so to speak. So we'll have a little fun with it. It'll take a little bit of getting used to for, for our fans and for our band and for our production, but – it's for a good place if it leads to more points and more plays, right? Absolutely. It'll be easier on the, the game ops guys. Like, I'm not playing the music. <laughs> we're, we're on offense. This will be a quick drive and a and touchdown then, and all that, but then worry about the music And then we'll go later. crazy on yeah, defense. Yeah, as loud as possible. <laughs> Band needs to drown them out. Also, uh, the South Florida Bulls app, which if you actually go to GoUSFBulls.com, it takes you right to where you can download it, if you haven't already. If you do have it, this is going to be an updated version with even more fan-friendly options, right? Yeah, got you got to get that app, get the new update if you've already had it before and and uh, uh just a nice clean look more information than ever and and just the the, the must have for all, all bulls fans so we're excited appreciate our team for having working so hard on that over the course of the summer to you know get the fresh look get all the content in there and get all the right links and i, f- I think our fans will find it indispensable particularly even when they go to all, all of our games not just football but for for all of our olympic sport games almost hey let's face it it's practically a a virtual game day program, if you will, it's all right there. And that's what you should be using it for as we get ready for uh, every sport that we're hosting this year. I never take for granted the materials that are available for us with media. And by the way, all the volleyball schools, big time, were just great when it came to that kind of thing. But we get it. And now you guys can basically get it, too, if you just search South Florida Bulls app. So make sure you do that. A lot of football fans, obviously, were at the football luncheon. Uh, for those who couldn't make it, including yours truly, give us a recap of that. Well, it was another sellout for for us to to have a great crowd. I guess it was 600 plus in in the Armature Works building there, and uh, I think our fans that are able to attend that really love it because it gives them there's, there's at least two either players or coaches at each table. You get to really get to know them over the course of the meal, and you know I thought our players did a nice job during their presentations, and certainly Coach Golish answering a lot of great great questions. But I I, I mainly love that event because of the interaction between. Uh, the fans and the, and the players. It's always fun for the fans to meet them and get to know them on a more personal level. And then even now with the way that uh, things have just changed for student-athletes, it's almost a great opportunity for them to sharpen their skills and to even uh, shop their skills, quite frankly, when they talk about yeah. the benefits now that exist in the name, image, and likeness era. So uh, uh, it kind of leads to different different opportunities that are being developed for our student-athletes in the NIL. And then I've got to mention one thing is this is dropping on a Tuesday. I guess you could wear whatever color of South Florida gear you want. But Wednesday, there's only one color, even if it's, you know, rain gear this Wednesday, and that is? 
Wear green Wednesdays, buddy. No, it's been great. It's you know obviously as we continue to to work with our various licensees across the country, as we work with our university, not only here on the Tampa campus but in St. Pete and Sarasota, uh, all three campuses are really putting a lot of uh, focus and power behind this concept of Wear Green Wednesday. So you'll see a lot of promotions uh, behind it, a lot of just uh, emphasis on communicating that out. So let's just get in the habit of Bulls Nation for whether it's students, faculty, staff, or alums. Let's uh, get out there and, and 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 make it make a point to wear green on Wednesday and get in that habit and kind of spread the uh, spread bull pride across uh, across the land here. Well, speaking of getting in the habit, every Tuesday morning go bull speed ahead. Everybody knows. I think everybody knows that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday get your day started at 7 a.m. with Bulls Beat. It repeats. It's a 30-minute show hosted by yours truly from 7 to 10, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Michael Kelly listens to it religiously. Bulls Beat. Commute in, no doubt. (laughs) If I'm not shaving, I'm driving to Bulls Beat. (laughs) No, that image is definitely going to be in my head next time I do the show. And then we're going to have a new show beginning on Thursdays that we'll tell you about next week. But Bulls Beat Ahead, mark it down every Tuesday. Thanks again for joining me. Uh, My pleasure. Let's make sure we get our tickets. We got uh, FAMU coming up next week. Bama coming up the week after that and Rice the week after that. So lots of chances to come see Bulls football and Get your tickets quick. Great being back with you, Derek, and uh, go Bulls.